Welcome to the second part of this three-part episode of the Magnificent Whiskers podcast, where we are having a conversation with Cass McGann. We got the opportunity to get into the get-to-know-you questions in this part of the episode, and of course, it spirals out of control from there. Hey, listen, if you're enjoying the show, hit us with a like uh, on our Instagram. Hit us with some five stars on the iTunes. Maybe even drop a review. Let us know what it is that you do like. Let us know what else you'd like to hear about. And let us know if you'd like to be a guest on the show. We just want to talk to you, right? So thank you so much for listening. And uh, without further ado, please enjoy the second part of this episode of Magnificent Whiskers. It's, and that's it. it. Just, that's just, all it exactly. takes. That's all it is. Just I know model. how to model. I have uh, a muddler because that's how much I love mojitos. And you just can't get them around here. I went to a really went to a comedy show, um, and at the at the Brass in Lewisburg. Yeah, and uh, I've been to the Brass. I've been on the stage on the Brass. Yeah, me and too. I, and I ordered a mojito, and she was able, to, but she gave me shit because she had to like she had to like pick the mint and it was like this whole thing and i'm just like why is this this is a very simple drink like there are a few things that a bar should be able to do manhattan's old fashions mojitos Mm -hmm. like it it, the only way it's easier is if you're doing like a vodka crayon yeah right like like a rum and coke yeah yeah Yeah. or like pouring a draft beer like it doesn't get much a mojito is not a complicated drink Uh, but apparently it is um i've been to a number of establishments and i'm like hey mojito and they're like hey no like what the fuck i guess i'll just go with straight whiskey that that happens to me a number of times although i I think it happens to me at a bunch of cons like i was at a con Mm. and and i went to the bar which is you know some floaty little thing on on wheels that goes from place to place (laughs) it's like on a train car yeah well yeah depending depending on where where the crowd is you know the the bar moves and and said i want a mojito and they're like oh i don't have any mojito mix i'm like Speckensy Deutsch. I mean, I just didn't understand the language. You know, what are you saying to me? How is that? Those aren't words. <laughs> we don't have mojito, Mick. What are you going to go? You're going to go to the local supermarket. Like, oh, hey, I'm going to use Bloody Mary mix to make a Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah, that's what right. most. That's what most places do. No, yeah, they're, How can no. You even have no. What is? What, what is it's tomato juice and spices! Like, it can't be that difficult. Why do you need a mix? You pour a can of to- Listen, you pour a can of tomato juice, you, you hit it with a few bumps of Tabasco, maybe a couple of other seasonings, a stalk of celery, you make sure there's vodka, you stir the bitch up. What? Because yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Bloody Marys are not shaken. I do believe they're no, stirred. No, I don't think you shake it. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to look into it. I, I just, it shouldn't, you shouldn't be using mix. Like if you're doing it at home, right. And you're maybe entertaining at home and you're not a bartender. I understand going to your local supermarket and buying the mix and buying the things that are in that particular section. But if you're at a bar. Yeah. You yeah. should have the stuff. You should have the stuff. That's all I'm saying. I'm so, trying to remember what I drank last time I was at the brass. Drank something. I will say I had uh, an interesting experience the last time I was drinking because the last time I went drinking was at uh, the Dead of Night. It's a Halloween show uh, in my old hometown, and they had a a tarot flip where you would flip a tarot card uh, and sh- like shuffle the deck yourself randomly, flip flip a card, and they would give you a drink based on that. Holy fuck, and that is so cool! It was a lot of fun, actually. I did it. More times than I should have. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I drank a fair bit that night. It was a lot of fun. 
It's a uh, whole but, different reason to call it a flush. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I yeah, feel that like was... that's borderline blasphemous, but I can't not laugh at it. <laughs> but yeah, that was a that was a fun way for them to do that. And I don't know if they actually had a system. They could have literally just made something up every time a card flipped. For all I know. But, <laughs> well, I mean, there are, it, it carried cares? enough. It carried enough mystique that it was cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I'm sure they did have a set, but there's a lot of cards in a tarot deck, and depending on the kind of tarot deck that they use, and if it was an oracle deck, and like, yeah, yeah. well, no, the position isn't so important. When you pull tarot, every every different practitioner is going to tell you something different. And in the circles that I run in, uh, many of us feel that an inverted card is just the way the card showed up in the deck. It it doesn't necessarily signify anything per se. Um, There are some who think that it has a negative connotation when it arrives inverted, um, but then like even the, the, uh, source material that I have for my deck doesn't even have like an inverted card section, doesn't even include it. Hmm. So when the cards come up, they're just up. That's just what they are. Because when you shuffle a deck of cards, shit get shit gets flipped around. So yeah. like, if you're careless, if you're, well, yes, if you're careless, as, as someone who has spent more of their life playing card games than not. Fuck everyone who mixes them. Yeah. You really don't ah. if you bridge. Even if you bridge, you don't have to... Like, there are ways to do that where the cards don't get all wibbity-wobbity. Yeah. yeah, You just pay attention. Just a Uh. little bit. Um, Yeah, and I'm certainly not a tarot expert, so anybody who's listening who feels that they're more qualified, feel free to um, let us know. But in the circles in which I run, an inverted card doesn't really hold all that much significance. Um, So take that for whatever it's worth. And I'm going to go ahead and use that to segue into... um, very ham-fistedly, obviously. I want uh, the folks who are listening to, to kind of get to know you a little bit better, Cass. So we're going to use okay. our proven and tried-and-true methodology for that, uh, which are a series of several questions, which <laughs> reveal parts of who you are. And uh, hopefully, you know, I, I don't have any data to back up whether or not this helps people know who you are at all, but they're questions that I always found interesting. <laughs> um, so first up, yep. vampire or werewolf? and you could take that as which you prefer to be which one you prefer to you know read about or watch whatever whatever that means to you whatever the first answer is that pops to your head yeah that's difficult it is it can be because i i would want to be a vampire but i don't want any other vampires around (laughs) but i'd like to hang with the werewolves interesting because they're puppies I love uh-huh. puppies. Okay. <laughs> I love puppies. But you know, I don't like it. I want to be the the only arrogant bastard in the room. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Which, say, how you, are we friends? Have... How are we friends? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, that's that's an enigma. Because uh, my arrogance sometimes no, knows no bounds. Yeah. Well, for now, I uh I what's the word I'm looking for? I bend the knee to yours, right? In our <laughs> Damn right you do. For now, yeah, right. for now, that is the that is the um, the scope of our relationship. But one day, <laughs> one day, I will have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps uh, you better bring your wooden stake. Um, <laughs> so, do you prefer Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, Jesus Christ! No, um, Jesus Christ has nothing to do with it. Jesus Christ has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Truly, totally, and in every way possible, Trek. You're Trekkie. Right. Trek. Trek was Trek envisioned a world I want to live in. Trek described a 
a way of being that I really wanted to have happen in the world um, where people would could um, a, a true meritocracy where people who had the skills could excel would be encouraged in those skills where nothing had anything to do with what family you were born into or, or, or how much money your parents made, but everything had to do with, Hey, you're good at this. You should do this. Um, I love that concept so very much that everything, you know, from Klingons to, to Cardassians, I don't care. That's just window dressing the world of Trek. I love do you feel the episodes have aged well? Because here's the thing. I was, as a kid, I was way more wrapped up in the mysticism of Star Wars. So Star Trek didn't super appeal to me, even though my dad had a bunch of the VHSs. But to hear you talk about that, and I've heard previous guests describe it as a utopian society. And like, I, this is something I feel like I intentionally want to be consuming. But I'm concerned that the episodes that the show doesn't age very well, because a lot of these were made, what, back in like the 70s and 80s? 60s. Oh, my gosh. Well, the, 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 original, the original was the 60s, but I'm not even really talking. I mean, the 60s, the 60s episodes, I didn't see them first time around. I'm not that old. They hold um, up well. They hold up well, but if you really want to consume Star Trek and you're, you're a little pushed off by the dated nature of the production or whatever – the next generation was made in 89 through 91 and is mm. fantastic. Yeah. I was going to say next gen, the first season of next gen was pretty awful. And the, it was very low tech <laughs> because they okay. were just getting started out. But, um, you know, I would, I would, you know, start with the second season. And I say this, I say this advisedly because when the first season came out and I will challenge Colby because I think it came out in, I think it was 87. Because I think the first season premiered while I was living in Japan. And Possibly. I, I, I didn't I, I see. Concede. Uh, but I, I mean, you can go look it up on Wikipedia. I just think there's a reason I missed the first season and I came in the second season. And then years later Eight. when I be- went back and watched the first season, I went, ugh. 87, you're right. Is it 87? Yep. Cool. Cool. So I'm not insane. No. Um, That's the year I was no, born. But for the longest time, I thought the Berlin Wall came down when I was in Japan as well. And, uh, <laughs> and it didn't. It came down in 89. I was, I was home. I was living in New York. Um, <laughs> but I thought it came down when I was in Japan because my friends who were on their um, study abroad program in Europe were talking about all the shit that was going on in Europe. And, yeah. um, and I thought, I, I just conflated it with the wall coming down and what it, what it really was, was people who were years in, in like the year before the wall came down, people were crossing the border in places where they weren't ever allowed to cross the border before. Uh. And so there was a lot of shit going on in Europe and people were recognizing it, but it, it, I, I thought the wall came down and that is just, I'm talking about this way too much when we should be talking about Star Trek. Well, no, but there's, <laughs> there is a really powerful mind fuck that happens in those scenarios because I know Colby actually illuminated some of this for me before. There are historical events that took place at the same time that sound like they should be far removed from one another. And, mm-hmm. and, and I can't, I'm going to get this wrong, but I know that like, like fucking samurais and like cowboys existed at the same time or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah, fucking yeah. Genghis Khan and like Rome was mm-hmm. like 
like they, things that were far that were happening at the same time, but feel extremely far removed from one another because they were on different parts of the world, or you hear about them during different um, history classes. Weird shit. I tell you yeah. some weird shit. Um, there's a period in history, and I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm going to say it's like uh, 13th or 14th century, where there were two popes. Yep. There was what? a pope in Rome. Yeah, there was a pope in Rome, and there was a pope in Avignon, and some people followed one and some people followed the other you know some people yep. argued that this is the correct pope and some that, said this right that was the great yeah that was the great schism i think it was the 1300s um but yeah that was that was a big thing mm-hmm. in the 1300s in japan there were two emperors and some said this is the correct emperor and some said this is the correct emperor yeah the 1300s and, was a crazy time <laughs> and i was just like and, and then there was the plague you know? yeah yeah that little <laughs> and, thing and like you know Oh, it's it's so funny what Europe lost its history because everything got just thrown to the four winds because of this great disruptive period, which is funny because in reenactment, everybody wants to do this period. And I'm like, why? <laughs> the, the clothes are really cool and the armor is fabulous. But the what was really going on in the world, you would never want to go. You, would, you wouldn't go back there on for billions. <laughs> no, no, no. It's... Obvious. I mean, to me, I've never reenacted anything, but if I wanted to take a stab in the wind, I would say wanting to go back and do that period is because of the chaos and the upheaval, and they want to take away the romanticized versions of that. And, yeah, but uh, you, you, yeah, you die. You would well, just you, you would get out of your time machine and die. <laughs> yes, yes, because because one side would think you were with the other side, and it would also go vice versa, and then and, and also the plague, the and plague. also the plague, and also the plague. Which yeah. also, by the way, apparently everybody believes the plague was spread by rats. It's not. It was nope. by the fleas. Yep, it was spread by the fleas that were on the rats, and there's there's a a new bit of information. Ah, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna remember it. There was a new bit of information that just came out like last month that they found out that it wasn't even, um, it wasn't the fleas on the rats. It was something else was carrying it that just happened to be with the rats. Really? Yeah, like totally like a different organism that just happened to be with the rats as well. No, I got to say, it's pretty easy to blame rats. They're everywhere, you know? And, And rats, rats can be pretty gross. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they are disease carriers. Like, let's yeah. not. Let's oh, they not definitely them... are, but it just wasn't yeah. the bubonic plague. Yeah, which and... wasn't even as bad as the Spanish flu, but we're really dipping into some other shit. Well, it wasn't as bad as the Spanish flu because there just weren't that many people in the world. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but like, also the Spanish flu was one of those things where you could get it in the morning. I am a perfectly healthy thirty-two-year-old man. I have absolutely the only medical issue that I have right now is I need my t- wisdom teeth ripped out of my face. But beyond that, I have no infections. I, I exercise. I eat okay. I drink a fair bit of water. I could die in a 12-hour period picking up the Spanish flu. Well, plague was like that as well. I mean, maybe not a 12-hour period. And, and again, you know, I'm not a medical professional. But yeah, none of us are epidemiologists. None of us have studied infectious disease. But plague was one of those things like, I mean, there, there's the, 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 uh, the thing they say, which isn't true, that the reason we say God bless you when you sneeze is because when you, the, the people who sneezed, that was the sign that the plague had got them and, mm. and they were about to die. Um, but, but plague was also, it was a very fast acting disease. It wasn't 24 hours. The Spanish flu was incredible. And I just heard on, I think it was on QI, the Spanish flu has nothing to do with the Spanish 
Well, no, I mean, they misattribute things constantly. No, but they, they didn't misattribute it. They didn't misattribute it. Oh, they, they purposefully didn't. called it the Spanish flu oh. because it happens during, um, during the Great War. And the Spanish were neutral. So they didn't want to call it the German flu or the, or the British flu because that was this side and that was that side. So they called it after, the, after a country that wasn't involved in the war. Oh, my gosh. Huh. Or, and it didn't, it didn't come from Spain. It had nothing to do with Spain. It's not like swine flu. You know, swine right. flu comes from pigs. Right. But um, Spanish flu didn't come from Spain. It had nothing to do from – it didn't start in Spain. It started in the United States. Well, my, my history teacher Fred, who told yeah. me about the Spanish flu told us a story uh, that took place in Sunbury where there was a local uh, undertaker. And, like, people were dying so fast they were literally stacking bodies on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And so the undertaker would just come out and like throw them into the hearse and take them to the mortuary and do what he had to do. And uh, so uh, an undertaker had had one such load of bodies in the back of his hearse and uh, one of them sat up and demanded to be released. Because because, like the effect that it would have on your body was such that you could appear to be dead, but not actually have quite kicked it yet. And, uh, and apparently that person then drove into a wall, got out of the car and ran away screaming because of course, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) but it was, it was pretty, it was pretty voracious. And, um, yeah. And people, young people, young, healthy people were more likely to die from it than older people and they found out the reason for this was that they thought that um they they think now that older people probably had something similar to it in their childhood in their life Mm. oh okay and and that they had a resistance to it that even though they were not as as healthy as the young people who had it they had they had they had had a resistance but how did the young also were, were like not as powerfully affected as like the, you know, fully grown and apparently healthy. I don't know. Yeah. So I, they don't have I a mean, it's, it's, the, the Spanish flu is one of those things that they're still studying, you know, because well, it's, it's a phenomenon. And it was so horrific that there's still people alive today who, not many, who had experienced it. But when you ask them about it, they won't talk about it. It's not in the history books because people are still so, were still so shaken by it that well, people it was, just flat out wouldn't talk about it. It was madness that um, these people endured this horrible, horrible war for no particularly good reason. And, um, and then they, they came home from the war and started dying anyway. Yep. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, Spanish flu killed more people than, than the Great War did. It did, it's, yeah. It's madness. Hey, the world will always attempt to bring back equilibrium in one of three ways. Disease, famine, or predators. Mm-hmm. And uh, Meteors. Meteors. <laughs> I'm a big fan of meteors. Well, I mean, that worked for the dinosaurs. Um, yeah. Or so the scientific community has finally agreed on as of a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I still think it was a super volcano, but we don't need to get into it. <laughs> Do you prefer football or football? I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I really don't have any time in life for Well, okay. I have watched more American football because my cousin played for um Oh my god, I almost said the Eagles. Wouldn't oh. somebody shoot me if I said Henry Hynoski played for the Eagles? They probably would. <laughs> he I played don't for know. the Giants. He played for the Giants. And oh I wa- yes, definitely you would catch a bullet for that. Yeah. yeah 100%. I I uh I watched the um I watched the the Super Bowl that he was in. Your cousin and... was in the Super Bowl? Yeah. That's cool. Do you, you know Henry Hynoski, don't you? No. 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 
Yeah, Henry Hynoski, he went to he went to um, Pitt for college, and he got recruited to play for the New York Giants. That's incredible! Wow. And awesome. he was he played for the, his his freshman year with the New York Giants. His first year with the New York Giants was when the Giants were in the Super Bowl with the Patriots. I think. Yeah, probably the Patriots are in like every Super Bowl for the last twenty years. <laughs> yeah, and um, and he he had he did something. He was a fullback. Okay. And okay. and um and he intercepted something at some point, which was really <laughs> okay. kind of cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of funny. He he um he took my little cousins to Tiffany's. They go to Tiffany's to get their to pick up their Super Bowl rings. Yeah. And he went to Tiffany's and he took my little cousins with him. You know, usually you go with your wife or your right. girlfriend or something, but he, he didn't have anyone special in his life at that point. And, and he took my little cousins. <laughs> so That's awesome. Two little girls you know, <laughs> That's to go to Tiffany's and pick up his ring with all the diamonds on it and shit like that. It was really cool. He's, he's, he's an extraordinary person. He's really, he's Clearly. really awesome. And I would watch him, you know, if he tap danced for a living, you know, <laughs> well, but so I understand. I, and why you would call yourself a Giants fan, even though you don't typically watch American football. Yeah, I, I don't I don't call myself a Giants fan anymore because he no longer plays for the Giants. And they could bite me. The freaking Giants can bite me because they fired him. Um, not fired. Bastards. You know, they, they got rid of him because uh, apparently, I don't really understand it that much, but apparently um, the game of football has changed such that fullbacks aren't really needed anymore. Mm. I don't know how... I don't know how this works because why, why don't you need a position that you've always needed before? But apparently the game has changed such that fullbacks aren't really necessary. So that's what he was. So that, he lost his job and he didn't get picked up by any other team because they didn't want a fullback either. So now I think he's like a football coach at Shemokin High School. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, but that's, he has like the nicest house for a football coach. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially in that area. Like you could definitely, he could definitely afford a nice yeah. place. Uh, yeah. We were talking about rent prices and stuff earlier and the cost of a house in that area is like, I mean, it's got to be 20 plus percent less. Yeah. He's, he lives in Elysburg though. He doesn't live in Shemoke. Ah, you know? like, um, fun food and fantasy, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's, he's, uh, he's funny. He's, I think he lives next door to his parents. He's so, he's so cute. I mean, he's just <laughs> like, if you ever, one of the reasons I don't like sports in general uh, professional sports is because I think they glorify people who have no social skills into people that we're supposed to admire. We call them heroes. I mean, do not ever call someone who plays sports a hero to me because that's not the definition of hero. Right. Um, that might, sure. that person might have, have won the game and that's really cool and everything. And yay, you won the game and you're, you're our favorite person in the world right now, but you are not a fucking hero. Um, Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm so shy and I mince words. Um, but but one of the, the problems I have with professional sports is they take these people who are good at what they do at a young age and encourage them to really kind of maybe not encourage them, but they don't discourage them from being assholes. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. Well, not only that, but many of the individuals who get picked up by the NFL have lived a life in extreme poverty. Yeah. 
sometimes to the point of going without meals for days at a time. Mm -hmm. And they go from this moment, this area of unbelievable and extreme poverty. And then they get millions in the plural of dollars in their bank account. And it's no wonder why so many uh, professional athletes, especially in the NFL, the NBA, result in being poor when their career is over. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it is, it is a terrible, terrible shame. And you wish that somebody would care more about them as human beings than them as money-making objects and would take them in hands. Yeah. And, and would take them in hands because like my cousin didn't come from a poor family. He came from a middle-class family and his, his father had played football professionally. His father played for the Cleveland Browns for, I think one day and then blew his (laughs) knee out. Oh no. Oh man. Yeah. So I had um, a guarantee. I don't know that he had anything really, but, but really Henry, Henry, this Henry senior is one of the loveliest, loveliest people that I've ever met in my life. And he married my cousin. Well, now, oh, that's awesome. I, now I need to meet your family. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> that's a good part of my family. Should, yeah, you, so, should you ever come stateside again? Let's have a whole big shindig. Right. Right. <laughs> so my next question for you is actually, I'm really interested because mm-hmm. I don't think I could answer it. Um, I don't, I don't know what to expect here. Your preference between musical or straight play? That's difficult. Um, it's 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 really hard. Yeah. Um, because I've certainly seen more musicals, I think, than straight plays in my life. Okay. Um, just because there seems to be more of them around, you know. Um. But if a straight play is good, I like it better. But a musical can be bad and I can still enjoy it. Okay. That, I, that's I think a good I, answer. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I take that. I actually, I sat down, this is so ridiculous, but anybody who knows me is going to be like, yep, that's totally a Remy move. I sat down and started intentionally watching Lucifer from the beginning because I happened to see a post where in its final season on Netflix, there's going to be a musical episode. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And and then I, I came to find out that Tom Ellis is absolutely spectacular, a fantastic performer, an unbelievable musician. And then, so now that I'm, and the show is really good. So now I'm even more hyped for this episode that's coming up in the fifth season. And I have a really good friend who it loves the show. And the moment that I told her there was going to be a musical episode, she's like, oh, well, I'm going to skip that one. And I'm like, bruh, what the fuck? <laughs> she does not like musicals. Um, I, I got to tell you a little background on me and musicals. So there I, there I was, I went to high school and um, from a very, very small grade school. And my high school was wasn't big but um had the reputation of having a really amazing marching band that their marching band like you know five people and a dog i don't know um really (laughs) small really small um would go to this band's competition at mansfield university every year and win because they were that good and so the theater program was run by the guy who ran the band. Okay, makes sense. And we only had, we had one show a year and it was a musical. And my first year, I didn't even get to audition for it because um, freshmen can't audition. And, you that know. That always sucks. It was just so That's stupid. Bullshit. 
it was total bullshit, but you know, freshman, but it's, it also makes sense because like they start casting, um, the year before. So you weren't there. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. And it was a big deal. And they did Camelot and, uh, fucking Catholic school. So you can't do anything good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, had to write some of the kisses out of Camelot because there were too many kisses in it. And I'm like, are you fucking oh, wow. kidding me? It was just ridiculous, but they did Camelot and, and, um, then the band director was scandalously escorted away at some point, and I don't know what happens. He he, I, I he was like kind of a sexy guy, and I think he probably had a fling with a student. Okay, you know. Um, so then we didn't have a band for the rest of my time in high school. They just never oh, hired wow. another. They never hired another band director. He was literally keeping the band and theater department going single-handedly. What? So when they didn't that have him, sucks. they just didn't. They just didn't replace him. So, um, so I never had the opportunity to have to be in theater, in in musical theater in high school. But when I was a junior. Um, the nun who taught my English class decided we need to have something. We're going to have a, a one-act play competition, and each class is going to do a one-act play, and mm. then the audience is going to decide who was the best. So, you know, freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, and we were juniors, and everyone thought the seniors were going to win because the seniors had this guy who went to the governor's school for performing arts for theater, mm. and he was oh, and he was in he was in Camelot when he was a sophomore, and you know all this kind of shit. Oh yeah, and me and my friends got up and we did this one act play that was entirely in verse, and it was about it was about cleaners, the four four women who were cleaners of the theater. And how each one of the cleaners had a dream to be somebody. And, you know, my cleaner had a dream to be a singer and another girl's dream was to be a dancer, you know, whatever. And, and, and the whole thing was in verse. So mm. it was really, really mm. easy to memorize your line. Oh, sure, sure. So, and we did stuff like, you know, and, and you got to this point where um, I'm, I'm going to be a singer. So I, I want to be a singer and I'm going to pretend that I'm on the stage. I'm on the stage. I'm mopping the stage, but I'm going to pretend that, you know, um, I'm in front of a great audience and I'm going to sing. And I broke into this version of memories from cats. <laughs> okay. That I crucified as only I can crucify it. And you could see the faces of the people in, in the audience at first going, oh, shit, she really screwed up. Oh, she really screwed up that. Oh, my God. Oh, oh God, thank God she's joking. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and we fucking won the competition. What? That's awesome. And the guy who you know, went to the governor's school, he hated me. He hated me in a way that I can't even describe the level of hate. He despised me. He thought he was a shoe in and probably phoned it in and he, you walked well, in no, there. He, and... he, he hated me since grade school. We went to, we, we oh. went to the same town. He oh. hated me since childhood. And I never knew why he hated me. Um, but I think he saw me as competition, even though I never auditioned with it. You know, I mean, I, by the time... I got to his school, there were no plays anymore. Hmm. And when his play lost to mine, 
I just kind of stood there and was like, this is my trophy. This my trophy. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the long and short of it is I, I come from a place where I should have been involved in every, because I was in the choir, the chorus, you know, all that kind of shit. Oh yeah. Um, I play musical instruments and uh, I should have been involved in musical theater, but there was none. Mm, I got my school so and and then I'm also very contrary like there's a bunch of people in in a reenactment group not really really reenactment group in a fantasy medievaloid group that I was with for a very very long time um a lot of the people in it are have musical theater backgrounds and they break into freaking you know Les Mis Mm -hmm. or whatever at any Get, and my husband goes with them <laughs> yeah. singing and i i really don't have the voice for it mm. i'm more of a comic singer gotcha. <laughs> um i mean i used to sing i when i was in high school i used to sing i had i had um i did duets and stuff like that but i was never i was never a great singer i was always like i knew what the notes were and i i was really good i had really good pitch but i didn't have a nice voice Gotcha. So you you put me with the 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 girls who had the pretty voices. I was the one who was keeping them on the right notes, you know. <laughs> so, so you were uh, so you were a choir most of the time, but you did well at it. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, and I can hold a tune, and um, but I I have no joy in I have no joy in in singing musical theater because hmm. I I can't I'm not good at it, and also. I'm very contrary. So when everybody, everybody in my group would be like, oh, let's get together and, and sing Phantom. Everybody knows Phantom. And I'm like, ah, fuck Phantom. <laughs> you know? You know I, I would, <laughs> so I would, rather, I would rather do a Neil Simon play than, than do a musical. But, but to go hmm. see one, I can really, you know, I, I'm no good oh. at it, but I love it. <laughs> I got you. Right. I kick myself even today for waiting until my senior year to get involved in musical theater. I'm really happy that my first show ever was Susical because it really allowed me to kind of spread my wings, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah. I, I to this, I, I will also say that I'm quite confident that I could have gotten a much better role than what I did had I been involved, you know, the previous three years. And the year mm-hmm. before that, um, my significant other at the time really wanted me to do, she wanted to do the musical, which was really freaking weird because she's not that person, but she mm-hmm. really wanted to do the show. Well, I mean, it was from that moment on, that was it. I did Susical, then I did Sugar. Yeah, it was, that was the version of it. Sugar is the musical version of Some Like It Hot. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then the courtyard theater happened. Um, yeah. And I did Sweeney yeah. Todd in 1776 and uh, Next to Normal and like, oh, I just I wish I could get back into it. Um, yeah, it's it's it 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 calls me, mm-hmm. but I don't know um, now. You know, I'm in the Netherlands and and every once in a while something goes up. Like there was a thing a couple of months ago. You saw posters all over the roads where they were like our would you like to be in theater? Are, are you over 18 and would like to be in theater? And you kind of go, hmm, that describes me. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I need this description. Yes, but I don't know. You know do you need someone with a really bad American accent? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny. It's, it's funny because I, I tell you no lie. If I lived in Ireland and not the Netherlands, which was the original plan, um, I would be doing theater left and right. And because number one, there would be more opportunity. Well, 
I don't speak Dutch like I speak English. Right. <laughs> um, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff in the Netherlands. That's it. The Netherlands has the um, the highest percentage of non-native English speakers in the world. Um, hmm. Everybody speaks English here, so like you could you could have a. I mean, I've done comedy in the Netherlands because they have English language comedy nights. I remember you saying that like, and as you guys are learning your Dutch and you're trying to speak Dutch to them, they realize that it's not your native language. So then they just immediately go into English and it just completely messes with your brain. Oh yeah. I I mean, I've been here, we were here. I, it was one year I've lived here on Sunday, this past Sunday. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Um, If I had been living in France, I would be completely fluent in French now. But because um, everybody there speaks English, you're not because, quite there. Because everybody here speaks English. It's just so easy. And um, and they switch for you. And they're just like, oh, let's just speak English. Because their English is so good. Their English is better than your Dutch. And their English so is so much far easier. better. Than, their English is better than my Japanese. And my Japanese is awesome. You know? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, I mean, it's their, their, their English, they start speaking English at such a young age. And also, you know, a lot of television programs and everything they're getting from either the United States or the UK. Mm, Yeah, Um, that'll do it. So, but yeah, if I was in Ireland, well, number one, my friends in Ireland, who I would probably live very near, are very deeply into the theater community. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense. You know, and and also, and also, there would there's just Ireland is like that though. Ireland is like, oh yeah, and arts, you know, right? <laughs> like, That's fair. Like, and then we'll do other stuff too, but arts, arts first, and then we'll go do other stuff. You know, you, you freaking also Irish Ireland, people. Ireland is in comparison to you know living here in America. Every time I hear a comparison about the size of any European country, I'm just like, That's the size of my county. Yeah. Like. Like it's it's such a small area in comparison that you can literally visit the entirety of the country, and for someone who's used to you know traveling two hundred miles to get to the next town that has more than fifty people, it's it it's not a chore to go anywhere in the country. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm like here. How many, sweetie? How many countries could you get to in two hundred miles? Two hundred miles from here is what Belgium, Germany, France. Denmark, probably Denmark. Um, Liechtenstein. The motherland. Yeah. Luxembourg. Luxembourg, not Liechtenstein. Um, yeah, if we took the ferry, <laughs> you could get to the UK. I mean, it's just, it's, it's extraordinary. And yeah, I mean, you come here and you go, um, oh, everything's so close. We're going to go, we're going to go to Paris next weekend. Oh, everything's so close. And, oh, and, and you can hop on a train, you know, you don't have to drive there. You just hop on right? a train and we'll go there and, and, oh, everything's so close. And then you're here like two months and you're like, what do you mean drive an hour? That's <laughs> you adjust your expectations. Yeah. I drove, I used to drive an hour and a half to work one way. Yeah. You know? like that. And, and now I'm like, what do you mean it's an hour? <laughs> yep. like, I'm not going. <laughs> and you know, I, t- in order to try to scratch this, this musical itch for myself, uh, the karaoke app that I use, I know there's groups that exist on there that will cover an entire album together. 
And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm seriously thinking about trying to find one of those so that I can scratch this itch again, because the idea of me getting up on stage with my current life and the way that it's running, um, it's not, it's not likely. It's not, not You've been missing too many rehearsals. And nope. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, somebody, and they could turn out being one of my best friends, or we could actually end up being mortal enemies, and I'm just not about to roll those dice again. Um, <laughs> I do want to ask. I, you- I can't tell you how bad I felt when I was like, "Oh, his child is in the NICU." Oh, <laughs> oh, Cass, you're a bastard. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, who who fucking expects a twenty five year old, you know, to be in in that boat? Uh, very few people. So you yeah. can you're forgiven uh, without Thank even you. a second Thank a second you. thought. Um, do you prefer nineties rap or current rap? All right, we got to define. <laughs> I mean, we get to define what we're talking about. I, I love the rap that is coming out of the UK right now. Okay. Okay. Knocks my socks off because it has it has a vibe to it that's it's got far more Caribbean influence than American rap does. It has a very very West African influence. It's got it's got rhythms in it that. Um, the best way for me to describe to you is is that they're they're almost like belly dance rhythms like okay. these these weird it's not in four four time if you know what i mean interesting it's, okay. it's like these weird key signatures and stuff like that and 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 it and yet it's not someone singing it that's just the background sounds and then someone's rapping over it and they don't rap in the same way that american rappers rap they rap with a different syncopation Okay. To um, to their their speech. So um, there's there's like slower parts and faster parts, and and I find it really musically interesting what's going on in the UK. Maybe just the last five years. Is there a particular um, artist you can provide us with that we might be able to look up? No, no. No. Okay. No. <laughs> just like because just Google not, current UK rap. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of rap. Understand? Okay. It's I just what I've what I've heard. This is this almost makes me want to look into it and see. Well, you're you're a step or two ahead of me, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I watch a I watch a, watch a lot of um, UK TV programs. So okay. you know, when you're watching the Graham Norton show and he has a musical guest on, I love yes. Graham Norton so much. His show is so good. He deserves nothing but great things. He's I've wonderful. never seen it. He is a he is an alarmingly. Yes, YouTube has lots of he's them. an alarmingly charming host, talk show host, and yep. seems to be able to just genuinely, just the atmosphere, and like, like, let's be real, there's also lots of booze on that show, so like, good for them, yes. but just the <laughs> He atmos- loves his wine, Graham loves his wine. He does, but the atmosphere and just everything about the Graham Norton show, I've seen so many clips, and you know, everybody has like their thing, right? You'll jump yep. on YouTube and you'll go down the YouTube rabbit hole. I, will, I, I came across Graham Norton by mistake, Mm-hmm. on uh, Facebook once and I spent hours watching clip after clip after clip after clip and he's had everybody telling yeah. the most spectacular stories. Yeah. Oh. I mean, honestly, I can't decide if I like him. I, I like Ellen DeGeneres a little bit more and only because she takes her wealth and spreads it into mm-hmm. the world to create good. And yeah. I like Graham Norton for sheer entertainment value. I like mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres because she's a shiny human being and she's yeah. entertaining. So she, yeah. she nudges him out just a little as far as talk show hosts go, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But he just, he is absolutely splendiferous. He does this thing where he puts people, he puts people on the couch all at the same time, which, yes. which throws off the Americans generally because they're like, what do you mean? 
I, why is this person next to me talking to me? You know, <laughs> like, and this and, is a talk show. I'm not supposed to have to talk to people. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I, you're supposed to talk to me about what I'm working on, and then I go. You know, <laughs> but no, it's like a legitimate. It's a genuine conversation. Most yeah, of the it's time. a conversation. And then the actors will inter or the the people on the couch because it's not always actors. They will interact mm -hmm. with one another, and then some of them are fans of one another. Mm -hmm. So it just creates these spectacular moments. And I've seen somebody asked. Um, somebody asked Jason Momoa or Momoa or however you want to say it. Yeah, Jason Momoa. Yeah, he was on a while, just a while ago. Yeah, he, I mean, he's been on a bunch of times, but at one point, uh, somebody requested that he speak to them in Dothraki. Oh, yeah. And it, oh, I awesome. mean, they just turned inside out. I mean, it was absolutely spectacular. And you've got some, some of the performers who have crushes on some of the other performers who happen to be there. Oh. So it creates those moments that it's just, it's really endearing. And I oh, can't my God. This one I watched just last night. Um, it was Will Smith, who I just adore. Thank you. For just numerous. I He's think so I'm gonna good. Start I'm going to start following his, his uh, Instagram because he just gets on Instagram and starts like spouting this, this motivational shit that I need in my life. Take it from a follower. And please do. Are you, do you? Oh, you I love, yeah. I have literally never seen Will Smith do a single thing I didn't love. He's, he's really an extraordinary person and, and knowing, you know, I mean, I was a fan of Will Smith back in the, back in the days when he was rapping, you know, early on before Fresh Prince. Can I share with he... you my, my answer to the 90s rapper current rap question? Mm -hmm. it's, it's 90s rap, especially because I'll be in the kitchen cooking and I'll be listening to Will Smith's Summertime and I'm convinced it makes oh. my food taste better. Oh, oh it's yeah. good. It's, it's good. so good. It's good. Um, I'm trying to look up where, who was on with him. Um, it was Kevin Hart was on. Nice. And those two were at opposite ends of the couch, which was just perfect placement for the two of them because, it, you know, everybody in the middle got involved. And it was like a totally American, it was almost a totally American couch. Um, oh, where are they now? Um, and, um, oh, I'm ashamed because I don't know her name. Uh, African-American actress, she was in The Help and she was in... Um, Viola Davis. No. Another one. One of the other women. Viola Davis is the only one I know. Viola Davis is the only one I know. Anyway, American, African-American actress. Um, funny. Just naturally funny. And the actress who is playing Jasmine with... Will Smith is playing... The oh, from, the, from Aladdin. The new Aladdin. Yeah, and which was so good, by the way. And she's British, and and not Octavia Spencer. Um, Octavia Spencer, yes, I was going to say Amelia. No, Octavia Spencer, and and the woman who's playing uh, uh, Jasmine. Jasmine, and the woman who's playing Jasmine, her brother, literally has such a huge crush on Will Smith. They were making jokes about you know security, keep him away from me, kind of thing. But the couch was just fucking rocking. I mean, the couch was so into each other. And, and the woman who plays Jasmine in the movie Naomi was like Scott. so hmm? Naomi Scott. Naomi Scott. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Naomi Scott was just fangirling so badly. And <laughs> it, was, it was so delightful. <laughs>